Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we are here with the Taylor Swift of comedy, Maggie Mayfield. <laughs> oh my God, can we say that every time? <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream about Taylor Swift last night, too, that we were working to like, I had to interview her and I was so cool and calm and collected talking to her. And she was like telling me things and she was like, oh, I've never said this out loud. She's like, I don't want this on the air, but like, you're really good at this. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, did we just become best friends? (laughs) I forgot about that until right now. That's funny. I think uh, I think if we all had a dream that Taylor Swift complimented us, it'd be a much better world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like she'd have something for everyone, you know. Unless you're Scooter Braun, then she'd be like, "Meh." She just has to do what she does the opposite way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Find good things in people. <laughs> I, I know I'm going to be okay. I had the Taylor Swift dream. Hell yeah! Hell yeah. <laughs> so how you doing? How you doing today, Maggie? Everything's good. I got my coffee. Got some sunshine here in Texas, and everything's good. Nice. What part of Texas are you in? I'm in Austin. Oh, Ooh. nice. So you're like in the in the, the headquarters of comedy these um, days. That's where all the comedy is. Yeah. What's is that uh what what's, heard? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I said oh, is that what you've heard? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh I mean, okay, so I'm a California person. I've never been to Austin, Texas. But what mm-hmm. I'm under the impression of right now is that Austin is like the new LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... it is. It, it does feel like a mini LA. It does feel like that. Yeah. yeah. How's, how's life I did out there? comedy in LA for like six years. It was a long time. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. How's life out in Austin in the comedy scene? It's good. It's fun. It's very young. It's a very young scene. Yeah, um, that makes sense. That, yeah, everyone's been doing stand up less than five years. So it's weird to be here and be kind of the old dog in the sense because I've been doing it for over nine at this point. So. Um, yeah, going from LA where like, I was still kind of just an open micer mixed in with some of these vets who've been doing it for 20 years and still like, just barely getting their their feet wet with their specials and stuff. And here I'm like, ah, everyone thinks I know everything. I don't know. know? You're one of the veterans there now. I got you fooled. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. The only glimpse we really have into the Austin scene right now is uh, Kill Tony. Because we, uh, mm-hmm. we watch that all the time, we love it. Yeah, well, don't um, don't take that as like representative of what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but they talk about they just talk about how big like the community is and stuff, and and that new comedy club that Joe Rogan built and everything. Yeah, like it is di- it is different. But those comics that you see on there, like a lot of them are from out of town. They they come in specifically to try to get it on. Kill oh them. yeah, no, we know that. We know that. Yeah. And then a lot of people are like first timers and and there's yeah. yeah, yeah. But rarely rarely there's a gem on there and sometimes we'll see people we know. That's always fun. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. I've been on a couple of times. Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't have anything to like say because I'm never dating anyone so it's never interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always like good enough where he's like, "All right, get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> a little scamp. So let's let's talk about your special. Let's talk about your special. Social media is fake. Um, That's the one. Yeah. What was it like for you? Like, what was the experience like for you to film that? Um, really hard. It was one of the hardest things I think I've ever done. Um, a very, I mean, it because it took a long time. It took me almost ten months of like planning when I said I'm going to do this, and then to get it done um and the actual filming of it was like really fun like I was as ready as I could be but like man you'd think I had every excuse in the book to quit to stop to not do it and uh I just I don't know somehow got it done (laughs) um yeah I mean I think I don't know how far you've gotten but at the end there's like kind of a bonus song and um and I, I do open up a little bit about how the special came to be and how music has been so important to me and that um, it was not an easy road to get there. And actually the birth of that special came from a really dark, yucky place. Uh, And even as I was like going through to make it, um, I lost quite a few friendships. One of my best friends, I call him like my little brother died in a freak army accident. Um, And so I went to a funeral like a couple weeks before I was supposed to film it's like 
am I going to, is this, I, can we, God, please, I just give me a break. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And then once I filmed it, it just, I took a lot of time off. I got myself a, a puppy cause I was sad. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, now I'm just now that it's released, I'm like, Oh, feeling pumped about performing and doing art and making comedy again. So yeah, that is wonderful. Well, congratulations on getting over the hurdles because I mean that's the that's the toughest part sometimes, you know, the hurdles on the way there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so this is I have to give them a shout out. There's uh, so when the birth of this kind of came to be, I was at Edinburgh in at the Fringe Festival in August in 2022, and while I was there, I met some wonderful people and made one of my most dear friends now who does comedy over in Switzerland. And we began talking semi-regularly and I just told him I had this idea. And if I don't think if it weren't for him, I would have stopped because he kind of held me accountable. I think he was really the only person that knew what was going on. So Chris, thank you for pushing me to continue to do this. And he said, you know, just keep going. You've already, you're doing it. You're already doing it. Finish it. Just finish it. That's what he would say. So. Yeah. I mean, finish oh, the yeah. story. That's awesome. That's awesome that you had somebody <laughs> in your corner to kind of tell you like you're on this path. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Not easy. It's hard to finish something, you know? Plus it's hard yeah. to kind yeah. of like be the person to push your friends because sometimes that can make animosity. You don't, That's true. You don't know if it's going to be uh, received positively or they're going to, you know, their anxiety is going to get the best of them and they snap at you, you know, you want to push them, but at the same time, like in a constructive way. You're so uh, right. Yeah. You're so right. I can think of a few friends that could use some pushing, but I'm afraid you're right. Yeah. If, yeah. Because you're putting that friendship on the line, really. Yeah. Depending on their reaction to what you say. I can't lose any more friends. <laughs> no, yeah. I'll just keep that in the no. back, though. I'll just keep it in the yeah. back. And then if somebody tells them, I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Austin has been just, like, really supportive and wonderful, you know, in the sense that, like, really allowing me to grow, you know? Yeah. And just feel safe and comfortable to, like, write that way and do try the new weird thing because yeah I don't see there are a few musical comedians here in Austin there were a few in LA too um but and I see some on TikTok but they just don't do it the way that I do it it's a little different yeah I feel like I feel like musical comedians are mostly just musical comedians but you're more of a hybrid yeah Mm -hmm. that's what I really enjoyed about your that's what I enjoyed about your set was that you were just so fluid like jokes and these jokes lead into this song and then more jokes and these jokes lead into this song and and it's just very fluid yeah pretty seamless thank you are you a fan of musicals at all do you like i hate musicals sam hates them i I enjoy them i hate them i completely hate them (laughs) and but you enjoyed the special which is so interesting yeah i you know what i'm a huge fan of south park i love south park (laughs) but i cannot stand south park the movie because it's a musical okay yeah yeah Wow. But I say like, yeah, I say <laughs> what she was saying to you at all. <laughs> but no, I did. I really enjoyed it though. I really did. Yeah. He enjoys thank comedy. You. So when he's like watching somebody special or watching a set, he kind of keeps that in mind. Like, okay, it's my bias that I don't like musicals, but I can mm-hmm. appreciate this for what it is. It's funny because I'm not a huge fan of musical comedy either. Um <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything you do, lady. I uh, love the honesty, though. I love I, the honesty. I, so we we did. She did the show. Athena did the show a few weeks ago, and there was a musical guest there, uh, and they did these songs, and I loved them. They were like, they were like, um, uh, ghost. It was it was a Halloween show, so they were like ghost love songs, you know. And it was funny. It was cute. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, but normally I don't. But so when I turned your special on, you know, I saw you with the guitar, and I was, I was like. Oh, is this going to be like song, 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 song? And it wasn't, and that's kind of why I liked it because of the breaking up between between the songs, doing the doing the jokes. Yeah, there was a lot that was cut because I did almost fifty minutes, and it was cut to about twenty nine minutes, and then the bonus song at the end. But um, wow. 
Oh. Yeah, what I was going to say, so I'm a big fan of musicals, actually. That's kind of where I started. I, I went think to New York it's too. Yeah, and I, and to me, when I, it's, it's kind of written like a comedy musical in that sense, because like, whenever someone breaks out into song in one of those musicals, it's just because they have so much emotion in them yeah. that they just need to let it out, right? Like, you know, okay, Athena. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all a musical is. It's just a story where like they're so overcome with emotion that they have to sing it. We get these wonderful songs or terrible songs. It doesn't matter. Um, and that's kind of how that was designed, you know, to feel like a musical. And usually the feeling I'm so overcome with like anger. <laughs> or like, you know, the songs come from. Um, but gosh darn it, anger is hilarious. So bring it on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, you said you've recently moved to Texas and then you lived in California. Where are you from? New Jersey. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. How was it like uh, growing up there? Uh, normal, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> like, my parents split up when I was 12, and I remember my mom saying, a lot when I was a kid she's like I just hate being here I hate living in New Jersey I don't want to be here this place is terrible and so in the middle of high school she moved my sister and I to California so I finished high school in Southern California oh um, wow. we had family there like her brother lived out there and my cousin and aunt and yeah so we had family there it wasn't like just a random let me throw a dart on the board but I only got to come back to New Jersey, to my hometown where I grew up this past May. Cause I was like, why did she say that? Like, why was this such a big deal? And as I'm driving through, I'm like, oh, it's the country. Like we were in the middle of nowhere. You think <laughs> New Jersey is just like a bleed over of New York. And it is in the very, very Northern part of the state, but that's not where we were. It was like, oh, wow. like Princeton, you know? So there's a lot of history there, but it's very small, very rural. Um, oh wow that sounds lovely though <laughs> it really it was beautiful but I, was like, I, can see, I can see why she didn't want to stay here because there's not a lot happening <laughs> you oh, know yeah an adult could lose her mind with like nobody else around <laughs> yeah yeah it was neat though wow. I had that like full moment like I went to my best friend's house I was like a you know, when I was a kid, like where we grew up the house, I'm just like crying. And then I was like, that's where my best friends lived. And I walked over there and no one was home. And then like a neighbor came out and I was like, you didn't used to live there when I was a kid. And they were like, can I help you? And I was like, (laughs) so-and-so's lived there. And I'm just like crying. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, we'll tell them that Maggie said hi. (laughs) Your friends still live there? Your friend's family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I was like, oh, man, that house is surely paid off. But um... <laughs> <laughs> at this point, yeah. Um, wow. That is lovely. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. What was the uh, what was the uh, the culture shock for you, like, going from, from New Jersey to Southern California? Yeah. Um, I remember feeling like suddenly we were poor. I, I remember thinking that explicitly because um I don't know if you know this but like Orange County yes is south of LA but it's also like there's an orange curtain there and there's so much money tucked into that county and uh they roll the sidewalks up at night in Irvine where I went to school and all my friends were like getting cars for their birthday at 16 and 17 and I was like I'm rollerblading to work so (laughs) (laughs) That yeah. was not, it was so different. Um, wow. Yeah, it was really, really different. And I just remember feeling like, oh, we're poor. That's that's what we are, poor. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine that, you know, it'd be a lot more expensive than, than like somewhere in New Jersey like that. So it'd be much harder, whatever. Um, so what came first into your life, the music or the comedy? Yeah. I probably music it was always like a really big deal in my family like when my parents were still together we'd sit at the dinner table the radio would be on and they'd be like who's that you know the radio was like a really big deal you know and we would call my sister and I would call the stations all the time (laughs) (laughs) can you play 311 you know (laughs) yeah 
which is so crazy because we would call the station called WPST. And then fast forward 25, 30 years, I'm working at iHeart Los Angeles, where right down the hall is the DJ that I would call all the time in New Jersey. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I was that like, oh, really God. Yeah, I was like, I loved you when I was a kid. And now I'm working in the same building. It was just, wow. Yeah. And he's like, can I help you? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I think I Yeah. So I think music and like my grandparents were very musical. My grandmother played piano. And so we'd sit and like learn about different instruments. So I think music came first, but comedy came in high school when I figured out that if you want to make friends, you got to be funny. <laughs> so, oh you know, yeah. Improv. And I started that. Yeah. Was that yeah. after the move, after you moved to California? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Improv that's came first? Happened. Yeah. That's cool. What was that like for you doing the improv? It was fun. It was really fun. We just got to say dumb things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And we got to go on trips, you know, like we got to go travel and like compete in all these different places. And it was all short form. So there's no like heralds or like long thing that would come for me later because I did get into a career in radio where I was chasing the dream. And so it was kind of the same thing. It was like to make friends, you had to be funny. And so I would find the improv. That's what I knew. And so I would just figured it out. And Facebook was like kind of just becoming a thing. And so there were groups and people doing all that kind of, it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. That's right. Better than like drinking, you know, that's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it keeps you out of trouble. Definitely. I was not in trouble. That is for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So how did you get into the stand-up comedy then? Um, I had been doing improv in Champaign, Illinois, and I was also working in the radio and the improv and stand-up comedy scenes were so intertwined. I just hadn't tried it yet. And we were putting on our very first festivals. So people were submitting. It was like five days, nine shows. And there were like three women that came through. And I was really upset <laughs> about it. And so I was like, well, I guess I have to do this now. And so I just signed up for an open mic. And I didn't tell anybody. and just did it. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Yeah, a couple months in, they were like, oh, you are you do comedy? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> never, like, it never occurred. It was really um, serendipitous, I guess you could say, because I was going through a divorce at the same time. So I had a lot to say that I couldn't say on the radio. And so, yeah, everything just kind of happened all together at the right time. And then, yeah, oh, wow. my first time, I was like, people didn't hate that? Okay. And then it never occurred to me that I wouldn't be doing stand like just thought oh this is my life now <laughs> <laughs> so you're a little know. bit you're a little bit past high school then at that point when you when you started stand up how many years did you do the improv um 15 years wow are you still doing it um no i'm not like with a group or anything but i consider this improv you know every time yeah i, I mean yeah life is life is definitely an improv yeah. that's for sure and like, I like to get on TikTok live, you know, and kind of play some, play the piano, as you can see, um, and just talk to people and kind of like roast them as they, <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's fun. It is, it's silly. It's silly. Yeah. How's that? Um, how's that getting on TikTok live and playing music and engaging with the with people? It's fun. The later at night I do it, the friendlier people are. So like, <laughs> At 1230 now, you know, my time, then it would be, yeah, they're just meaner during the day. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, you saw like, well, thank you for commenting. Hello. Right. Yeah. Thanks for watching it. Thanks for the attention. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the views. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, exactly. shoot. Exactly. Yeah. I'll take it all day. So, yeah. No, I don't. So, I don't do really improv anymore. It's just. Well, stand up. However, I do run an open mic here in Austin. It's called the Challenge Mic, and that's improvised base. So, like, okay. the idea is like you take the topic out of a bucket and then you read it out loud so that you're in on the joke. And then you have four minutes. You can riff, story pal, weave it in your own jokes. I don't care what you do, but like, the idea is to write on your feet 
and kind of use it as a heckle. So like, how do you get back to your material? That's great. That's a challenge. That is, yeah, that is really fun. I love that. I love those kind of concepts because I feel like it really helps uh, the performer grow in mm-hmm. real time. Like you get to witness them either, you know, I don't feel like they, they succeed or fail, but they do learn something about how they're going to try to do it differently next time. And that's mm-hmm. the best part, the best takeaway from their experience, like, and watching yeah. people grow right in front of you. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been running almost, almost two years here in Austin. And so nice. it's fun to watch these guys like improve significantly since then. Yeah, that is really cool. And improv is scary for a lot of stand-up comedians, you know, because we, we write our material, we practice it, and we, we fine-tune it, and then you have to just throw that all out the window and just go off this topic. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And people find they think that, like they get nervous, and then they do it, and then they keep coming back because they're like, oh, I get to get the reps in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they start building that muscle. Mm-hmm. And they just start doing it. Yeah. We were, well, Athena actually was doing during the pandemic, a zoom uh, open mic called the afternoon delight. And so oh. we'd have a choice between uh, a riff topic or an improv act out, which is like a character or something like that. And so that was a lot of fun. And, you know, we saw a lot of people grow doing that as well. Yeah. Oh, a lot man. of people climb up though too. A lot of people climb up and go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But, but then the they come <laughs> back and then they they like hit it out of the ballpark or they get better. And that's what, like, I mean, it was, it was so fun to watch them kind of light up and go, Oh, I did that scary thing, but I like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I heard that like stand up is the second most adrenaline inducing thing you can do after parachute. Oh, I agree. Wow. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, That is crazy. I know. It's like, I'm a junkie then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So uh, when did you start incorporating the music into your comedy or did you start that from the beginning of comedy? Um, I was probably like five years into stand-up at that point. Okay. I've been doing just regular stand-up. And then I moved in with someone and I played guitar, but like I never played in front of anybody. So it was just for me. And so, but I didn't want to lose that. So when I moved in with this person, um, you know, I kind of like practiced quietly and then like I became more and more confident. And as he, as he would like walk around and like do things, I would just start taking the songs that I was playing and narrate his actions. And then I was like, Oh, I guess there's something there. And it took me a good four tries before I got (laughs) enough (laughs) courage to like do it on stage the way that you see it now. But yeah, that's cool. Oh my gosh, that's so cool because you never think about yeah. how like the rhythm is like also it's almost like you're improving your music too at the same time. Yeah. That is yeah. so wild. Yeah, it's what's really interesting is like I have to be very kind to myself right now because I have to remember that like that special is nine years of material. And the way that I wrote that was all stand up first and then the songs came. Oh, and so wow. I get so like worked up. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm not writing any songs. Like it's, but it's objectively so much harder to write a song than it is to write a joke. And so I have to be kind to myself. I'm like, just say what you're going to say. Just do the stand up for right now as I'm working through this new material and the songs will come. And they are like, um, I'm working on this whole new bit right now about, uh, I've never really tried drugs before until I moved to Texas, which is a wild thing. And so um, <laughs> I, I tried cocaine one time. I hated it, but I was out in the middle of a lake with a bunch of Egyptians. And so I go on this whole tangent about, <laughs> like, I hate being on boats um, in the middle of lakes because that's where they had the dead bodies. And so it's this whole idea, this obsession over, like, murder porn and why women are obsessed with, like, watching these true crime documentaries. So I'm in the middle of writing a tango actually right now uh, to talk about that, that true crime obsession, which is so fun. And I cannot wait. (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah. So anyway, so the jokes have to come first and I just have to remember like, be patient, be kind to yourself. Like the songs will come. They'll come. Yeah. 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 
It's good to find out how your your brain works on uh, certain things at certain times. And it seems like uh, you have a lot of like good timing on stuff. So um, I think that it's pretty valid for you to like trust yourself that when it's time to come and, and, and when it comes through that you'll know that you trust yourself and know yourself enough to know that when it does come through, you'll know exactly what to pick up and it's seamless again. So that's good. It's so funny though, because people will tell me often, and I hate this, and they'll say things like, oh, you're just naturally good at everything you do or everything comes so easily to you when that's not the case at all. You know, like it took four tries to get on stage with a guitar to to do it. And someone said to me, like I got up there with a guitar and the first time I nailed my four minute set with that song I was doing, someone said to me, she's like, oh, we're trying this again. (laughs) like so it does not come easy i'm not just good at anything that i try it's hard uh yeah and a lot of the songs that you hear like went through several drafts so it's not like you know right you didn't just listen to the radio and you were done you're like Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a friend, I had a comic friend a long time ago who got super offended because uh, after the show, somebody told him that he was a natural. And he's like, mm-hmm. I've at this for so long. You know, he was so mad. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You work at it for so long. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I can't tell you. But like, here's the thing too about songwriting that maybe many people don't know. Taylor Swift talks about this. But when you catch a wave of something, you have to sit down and finish it right then and there. Otherwise, it's gone. That's that's smart, actually. Yeah, and so there'll be many times where it'll be like eleven thirty at night, and I'll just be practicing for the sack, like just to practice. And uh, all of a sudden, I'll catch a wave of a chord progression, and I'm like, "Uh oh, okay." And then you have to follow it, and so it's like midnight. So then all of a sudden, it's two a.m. before I finish the song. I'm like, "Great, I'm glad I have this." But like now, my sleep is all messed up, and my day tomorrow is all messed up. It's like, ah you know so <laughs> yeah it's weird when those times come but yeah yeah if you don't follow it it's you don't finish it so yeah mm-hmm. athena athena always says like you know if the universe puts an idea in your head and you don't jump on it then they're, they're mm-hmm. gonna give the idea to somebody else yep mm-hmm. yeah because what what are we just vessels you know like yeah. for this inspiration and these messages you know that's it the messages are all around us. They're just little angels like floating around and we're the vessel to tell, you know, to make that real. So how do you like uh, pick your songs that you parody? Uh, because I really, I really enjoyed the Billy Joel parody song and, <laughs> and the Blink 182 one as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, those I just knew how to play. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Good answer. I like it. Um, yeah, and then like there's they're kind of like comedy comes in threes, so some of those smaller ones where I'm just taking like sentences, I try to do it and build it in threes. Um, yeah, it's just like fleshing out, well, like, well, what do you want to say? Like, how do you get from the start to the end? Like, how do we how do we do this? And so, um, some of the songs I had to figure out, I had to learn, I'm trying to think what's in there. Don't it always seem to go? But you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yeah, I had to learn that one because I didn't know it. Um, the same thing with like the Alanis Morissette. I loved her, you know, and I was like, that that would be good. Thank God it wasn't difficult to play. Um, yeah, some of the like drug parody stuff I'm learning now is like more Tom Petty. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, which isn't too difficult it's not terrible eric clapton in there for some cocaine (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's like taking things that like you wouldn't expect and turning it into like oh yeah you're in on the joke right for blink 182 because it's like all the small things like you're in on the joke you know how it goes and like (laughs) you don't need to hear my words i don't know yeah you just i don't know no i don't know but the ones make it fun though because we do know how it goes 
but then we're interested to see, you know, where you take it, you know, and with the Blink song specifically, um, I don't want to give away too much about your special, uh, but going into the chorus, you, you asked a question about yourself and then it's na, 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 you know, and that's the answer to the question. And that was really fun. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. What's really hard at this point is like letting those jokes and those songs go, you know, cause it's yeah. so easy to do them there cause they're so fun and people, they do well in crowds, but like, um, I can't grow as an artist or like write another special by doing the same material. So yeah. I've heard a lot of comics say that too, where like, I want to do a special, but I'm not ready to let this material go, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. That's crazy thought. I never even thought about that because I haven't even considered doing a special or anything. So I can imagine just letting material go like that. Because it's like your creation. Yeah. And then you have, you have to start working your next, your next body of work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is only difficult because there's no box. You know what I mean? Like, any, you can write about anything. And so, at yeah. least with the special, like, I knew it was going to be based around that one song, Social Media is Fake. I knew that. And so, it was just a matter of, like, well, what do I have? And what's the through line? Like, how do I, what's the best stuff to incorporate? So, yeah. It's, it's amazing how much didn't make it into that hour that I did live. And it's amazing how much of that hour did not make it into the special that and you know what I got to work with Michael Malone who directed that and he has such an incredible mind for that because I presented him pretty much with everything that I had and he was like cool no 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 but I want you to write more to get from this to this and then I went on tour for like a month and every day I was just sending him the stuff and he's like cool let's drop that add stuff over here write more write more write more write more so um it was so interesting that process and how much new stuff came about it because he put me in a box. He was like, this is what you're calling it. Let's make sure that that makes sense all the way through. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, wow. wow. That's really awesome that you had that. Yeah. 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 I cannot recommend having that kind of help, hiring someone to help you objectively do that. Yeah, because, you know, you specialize in the music and the comedy, and he specialized in presentation. And so together, you know, you got a special. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm so happy with the way that it was filmed and the editing just came out incredible. I mean, really, there weren't that many notes, you know, as it came through. It was just he did such a phenomenal job on it. And I'm really proud of it. And I think as R-rated as it is, I'm still going to be very proud of that. <laughs> yeah. Years, so, yeah. Hell yeah. Where did you film it? Uh, the East Austin Comedy Club. Okay. okay. Isn't that yeah. cool? It was so cool. Yeah, it, it did. There. It did look really cool. It looked really yeah. cool. And the audio was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My uh, sound engineer, so Adam Donovan, runs a studio here in Austin, Texas called Grape Jam Studios. And he is just every song that I've done. So like I'll call Bob. I actually did a a whole song, a whole recorded song. It's got like steel guitar in it. Like it's a full production. There's a whole music video that goes along with it. Stop saying sorry. He did for me. There's been a couple things that we've worked on together so far and he just really knows his stuff. So he came in and like wired all the instruments and mixed it as it was going through. Like it was, yeah, I could not have asked for a better team and I'm sometimes humbled and just so grateful like oh my god you you believe in me you know the <laughs> that I, I look up to them I'm just like oh my god I even told Adam that the other day like he had a an open house and a costume party um for his studio and I walked away just like oh my god these people are so talented do I even belong in this room oh my god and uh yeah, he was just like, yeah, you do. I wouldn't spend my time with idiots. So, <laughs> like, here you are. Wow, that is awesome. Yeah. Just so with the stuff in your special that didn't make it into the special, like cut off areas. Um, uh, do you plan on like releasing little clips of those, like on your your social media, to kind of boost the 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 special? Um, I could actually the entire hour that I did is up for like, uh, it's up for sale. So you can go get it on 
Apple Music, Spotify. Like it's it's created oh, okay. that way. So you can hear the whole thing, the extended version. Yeah. Is that so cool? Audio only. Yeah. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Cause then you can kind of hear like because there are some jokes that made it into the special, the visual one that are callbacks from earlier and it's so missed because like you didn't get that (laughs) (laughs) wow that's funny oh wow yeah yeah that's that's interesting too because yeah Yeah. you don't you don't hear the original joke Mm -mm. that's cool maybe i'll have to check out this full thing that's awesome heck yeah yeah um i don't know when this is supposed to come out this episode that we're working on right now a little while a few weeks Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Probably like a month or so. Okay. No, it's totally fine. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you, but the audience will have already figured this out. Um, but at the end of that special, there's a song I do called New Age Weapons. That is not a comedy song that I have recorded, gotten studio uh, and produced it. And I am releasing it in November 20th. So. Ooh, wow. that's cool. Yeah. We yeah, we so we have about ten minutes left of the special. We were watching it earlier this morning. We haven't gotten to that yet, but I do look forward to to getting to that part. I'm excited for you at the end. It's one of my favorite songs ever. So Not, so tell us I mean, this too. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you. Tell us about the song a little bit. Like well, I guess what inspired it and kind of what it means to you. Yeah. So um as you get to the end of the special, like it cuts to like the credits and then it comes back and I start opening up about how um I started becoming a touring comedian and what they don't tell you is that post tour depression is a real thing. So I was on the road for all of July, 2022. And when I got home, I was not anticipating that kind of dopamine crash. But what also happened was I went through a breakup, which you hear all about in I'll call Bob and like the camping, all that. Um, (laughs) And then there was also a woman who decided to, start cyberbullying me a spec like and we had known each other for a long time we went to college together and we're both here in austin texas i introduced her to the comedy scene here and um and some things had happened where i just gave my dis i just set some distance and um yeah and then she started attacking me and my family and some of my friends online and it was really painful to see and so in August of 2022, I really did not think I was going to make it to my birthday in September. I really thought, okay, you know, nobody wants me here. (laughs) Um, Luckily though, I did have a friend that was like, we're going to, we're going to Scotland. We're going to go to the Fringe Festival. And that was such a a life altering experience. Cause not only did I meet my friend, Chris, that I was telling you about, but um, to see all of that art and all of that comedy, it inspired me to, to make social media as fake. But through that whole time, I really leaned on the piano a lot. And I just, I just kept thinking like, it's, it, this isn't your fault. This is just your brain. You know, like it just needs time to settle. The, the chemicals need time to settle. And so like to calm myself, I just sat at the piano and writing music was so empowering and therapeutic. And so the song that you hear at the end was kind of my way of healing from that, that, online bullying essentially and um the response i've gotten from that particular song has been just humbling and yeah when i hear people say like you need to release your songs i'm doing the world a disservice someone told me if i don't release my music um yeah i'm i'm really glad to be sharing that uh, with the world. So it sounds heavy, but it, it's, I don't know. I hope it's empowering. I hope that, you know, more people find it as helpful as I did to write it. So, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's I awesome. Agree. I'm glad that you were able to, to get past that because like, you know, you never would have like been able to release a special and, and, you know, things like that. So yeah, more power to you. Absolutely. And I'm a firm believer in the reason why we are as different as we are is because we produce like very um, personal art and people need to see and feel and experience those forms of our art because it inspires them to create their own and be safe in their body to create their own art. So I'm glad that you were inspired to 
not only make that product, but to be able to say, yes, people do need to hear and see this and feel this because they do. And the right people that need to hear it and will understand the message, they're Mm going to be the ones that are going to hear it and understand the message. You know, what's so funny. I, I wanted to reward the people that showed up to watch the taping happen in real time. And the reward was that song. Um, I did not expect it to end up in the special, but the way that it kind of was edited together, I was like, okay, sure. (laughs) You know, like it's one thing to do it a couple of times in front of people uh, that may or may not remember it, but the feedback that I've been getting from it, I was like, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess I should make this a full fully produced thing. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of it. And from what I understand, I'm not the only one that has suffered that kind of online abuse. So, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then, like, you know, like you said, you're not the only one who suffered it. So, hopefully, your story can inspire other people to get through their stuff too. Yep. Yeah. There's something so therapeutic about singing. You know, I say this all the time like, I don't trust a man that hasn't been through his Adele phase yet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, if you can't, get in touch with those feelings and belt out a few adult songs. And like, yeah, there's just something very therapeutic about going through that. <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's like, that's like when you sing, it's like you're producing the, the sound of your life force. It's so powerful, you know? So, so true. Yeah. Have so, you considered, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. Have you considered doing like more serious songs, like like doing like a ser- a bunch of them, like an album almost, like that's not comedy? Um, I don't know about an album. I've heard that's not really the right way to go about releasing music. Well, I'm not really a music. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really <laughs> yeah. know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but from what Adam, my sound engineer, says, he's like, no, just do one at a time, and you're much okay. more likely to get people. <laughs> you know. Past a yeah. much wider net. So I'm like, okay. I believe you. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I just <laughs> ideas just... and thoughts and stay up until two in the morning writing shit. And then... <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us a little about your, your uh, experience at the French festival. Um, it was great. It was unbelievably cool. I mean, you walk around in the land that inspired Harry Potter and it's very hilly. It, there's so much history there and there's so much history under your feet that you don't think about that you can't see. And so, um, and then you put all of this contemporary art, live performance art, and it, it's almost too much to take in. It's a month long festival. And like, you couldn't do it all in a month. That, I mean, that's how much there is. And um. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it was a very exciting time. And what was cool too is like, we got to see Janine Garofalo and I used to do a podcast with uh, my partner, David Earl Waterman, who came up with David Cross and Janine Garofalo in the Boston comedy scene. So he would tell me, David would tell me all the time. He's like, oh, you remind me a lot of Janine Garofalo as she's like, you know, as a young comic. And so to, to wait after her show and get to meet her. And I was like, Hey, my podcast partner, David R. Waterman knows you and her face just lit up and was like, oh yeah. And would tell these stories about them in Boston and like their early comedy days and just getting advice from someone who's been doing it for decades at this point. And just, um, it was so, I think I just needed it so much to, to, to see someone that I admire still doing it in a way that was relatable yet still very true to herself you know and I think the thing that stuck the most with Janine Garofalo said she goes I still love telling dick jokes she's like but I'm almost 70 you know nobody wants to hear 70 year old women tell dick jokes so I have to do it in my own smart way I have to keep growing and learning and figuring out how to tell those jokes in a way that makes sense for a 70 year old person to tell it's like oh yeah dude and she did but you don't even notice it because she is so Smart. It was yeah. really cool. Wow. Very, very cool. Yeah. That is yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was very inspirational. 
and made you feel so small at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, it was neat because we got to, some of our friends were out there running a show, so we got to do some comedy as well. Um, okay, cool. Which did not translate like you'd think. They speak English, but like their humor is different. And honestly, um, aggressive women, I'm aggressive, an aggressive American woman, men don't get it. People don't get it over there. It's so different. So I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm interesting right oh that is wild i wouldn't have thought that would have been a thing (laughs) that's so wild yeah 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 you said you have a podcast uh i do that one was older my new podcast is called slide into your dms um i run (laughs) nice nice (laughs) yeah i run that with a comedian here in texas his name is brian mcduffie And it's all about sex, love, and dating in a digital world. So we have other comedians on, other people on, and kind of explore, like, what does a relationship mean to you? What does that look like? Um, And it's nice to get different perspectives. You know, it's just kind of healing to know, like, oh, we're all in this together. Everyone's crazy. I'm crazy. (laughs) We're all. So, um, yeah. And it's nice to be able to throw in some stats and like relationship studies and just get different perspectives, like um, from different races, different genders, different ages, you know, generation. It's really, it's great. It's great. Honestly, I was telling Brian, I was like, I think you and I are going to have to write a book about our experience doing this. <laughs> oh, that would be incredible. Yeah. You should do that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's the one thing we're all obsessed with is relationships. How do you make them work? Yeah. I mean, it, that's true. That's like the number one thing because, you know, everything else is, I don't know. But yeah, relationships are. pretty expensive boo-boo. Yeah. It's a lot of risk. It is a lot of risk. There you go. Like financially, like me personally, I think one of the, like the, the biggest forms of currency we have is our time. And that's like a big, like expensive venture. If you're wasting time in a relationship, it's like, how do you know? Yeah. It's important to have people like you having those podcasts where other people kind of either validate or confirm what you're feeling about the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. I didn't, I've never thought about this before, but we had a guest on this week and she was talking about, um, you know, this idea that women expect men to fight for their honor or just like stick up for them. But like men don't want to do that for all women. They'll do it for their woman, you know, Mm -hmm. Because most likely what's going to happen is like a man would not fight me back. But if I looped in a friend, he would be in fisticuffs and someone would go to jail. Someone would get in trouble. You know what I mean? And he's like, are you the broad that I'm going to do this for? No, (laughs) not unless I'm giving him, you know, certain things. (laughs) 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 I'd never thought about that before i i just never thought about that yeah Yeah. i like it though because like i said it's different perspective like you said different perspectives and Mm -hmm. things we never thought of before like the spooky rabies thing that you're watching (laughs) like (laughs) you don't know until you know like (laughs) now we know now we know dropping all kinds of knowledge bombs on you Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I know that you just uh, dropped your special recently, so you you probably don't have a lot on your plate. But do you have any projects or anything you're working on in the works? Mm, I'm just kind of having fun with comedy again, um, which is nice. So I'm just doing that. Um, yeah. I do. I have a show coming up that I'm really excited about where he wants me to do a two hour block. Essentially what it feels like is he wants, he wants comedy, but I can't do comedy for two hours. That's crazy. So what it will feel like is a live TikTok that's happening like in, in person. So I'll play some cover songs and then most likely I'll do some comedy songs. I'll talk a little bit and it will be a very fun, interactive show, but um that's kind of essentially where I want to head to is like to have a Vegas residency and do that. So I'm really excited. about oh, that. That's cool. My first, 
my first chance to get to try that and what that would look like. So um, other than that, yeah, just I'll be kind of secretly in the studio recording more serious stuff um, as I continue. Because I, I have the idea for my next special. Like I do know what I want to say. It's just a matter of like trying it and testing it out and just letting it be really awkward <laughs> for a little bit. So yeah. Well, that's, that's it. It's always, yeah. it's always on fire. I like, I like that you tackle new things like taking the guitar on stage. Yeah. Right. And yeah. now you're going to do this two hour thing where you kind of do back and forth. Like you said, like a TikTok thing, you're, you're, you're going to all these new adventures that you haven't really paid before. And, and, you know, that's awesome. I like that. Well, it could be terrible, but someone, <laughs> someone it might be, and it might be, so. but like, you have time to, to refine yeah. it and to do well and to, to make it happen, you know? Because it's almost yeah. like after you release your special, we were talking about retiring jokes and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's almost like starting all over. Yeah, you've got this new beginning. Now you have to figure out your comedy voice as the new you now. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's so, I'm so grateful. I didn't expect this to happen, but man, I am so grateful that I get to be the me now. Because what happens, and I'm sure you've seen this, like, when you make a movie or yeah, you like or something, there's so much time that passes between like when you made it and when it finally gets released yeah. and the work starts when it gets released. So you have to remember like who you were and what that person was when you made it. So yeah, I'm excited to be working on this new stuff because it is very much like who I am right now, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I'm, you know, promoting all this stuff that I did a year ago like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a different lady now yeah <laughs> yeah. That's okay. yeah that's okay yeah it's a good, a good problem to have which I think is why I'm enjoying comedy so much because it's that time on stage I'm like yep this is what you get <laughs> you know there's no <laughs> there's no like trying to fit into old pants that are just a little too tight <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and that's like so yeah yeah but, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Thank you for spending time on me and my little projects. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on this. I, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Yes, absolutely. Like it's I been, said, time is our, our most valuable currency. So we appreciate you giving us your time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing my message to the world. <laughs> before uh, before we, we get out of here, uh, you want to plug your social media and mm-hmm. tell people where they can find your special. It's really hard to find, actually. Um, you might <laughs> want to write this down. <laughs> uh, any any social media platform, you can find me at uh, www.maggiemayfield.com. N-A-G-G-I Mayfield.com. There's no E on Maggie. I didn't pick it. That was my mother's spelling. And <laughs> I am lucky if I get emails sent to the right place. So... <laughs> Awesome. You can find me across the board at Funky Sam Medina. And I am at She Shines for You, all spelled out, no numbers. And everything else is that hypothetical comedy. Awesome, Maggie. Thank you so much. Ah, 